Hello and welcome to the Galactic Court Podcast. My name is Chef and I'm your host as each week I discuss the latest TV episodes, films, games and whatever else takes my fancy from the worlds of Star Wars, Marvel, DC and anything else nerdy and geeky in between. If this is the first time that you found us, then please do give us a follow on our social media pages. You'll find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and also Twitch, where I do, not always successfully, but I do try and game a couple of times a week. You can find all the links in the episode description, uh, and please make sure that you're giving the show a like, a follow, and a review on whichever platform it is that you listen or watch on. It really does mean the world to hear that you are liking and enjoying the show. Right now, we're going to get straight into the main event. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode. Of course, we are back discussing Loki Season 2, Episode 2. You know, the brand new season of, of Loki that's been kicking off for the last couple of weeks. Um, off the back of Ahsoka ending last week as well, which everyone knows since Star Wars is my main jam. I'm extremely sad, no more Star Wars to talk about. But at least we've got another great show in Loki. And I have not one, but two fantastic guests with me to discuss the episode this week. It's really, really nice to have some UK podcasters on for a change, because that happens so rarely, and I'm really happy that we're recording at a normal time of day. No offence to any of my other guests that have been on, but it's so nice <laughs> to be able to record at a good time of day. Um, but they have a fantastic podcast. They've been going for about a year and a half, I believe. I'm sure they'll correct me if I'm wrong. Um, they've built up a really good following. They cover mostly um, MCU stuff, and they do branch out to a few of the bits and pieces, and they are really fantastic. I really am so happy to have them on the show, but please welcome... From the Don't Be a Hero podcast, it's Matt and Forrest. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are we doing, gents? Oh, so Dude. good. So good. Now, 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 the microphone issues are gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, all good. That, yeah. If you tech issues to start off the show, it wouldn't be the same otherwise, would <laughs> it? So. I, I had a coffee, so I'm absolutely buzzing, but all of my technology seems to be suffering, so that's... That's great. Great stuff. Always, always, a good, yeah, always helps. It? So, yeah. um, it's really good to have you on this week, gents. Thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Um, tell us a little bit about your podcast, you know, where the stuff you do on there. How did you all get started? Oh, okay. So um, we, we've been, yeah, we've been going for about a year and a half now. Um, the way it started is that me and Forrest, we used to work together um, in the theatre and um we uh, started watching movies, just going to cinema, and then we kind of like came up with the idea of when we watched it. I think I can't remember what MCU film it was. I think it might have been Spider Man. Might have been yes. No Way Home. Um, yeah, yeah. And we went, oh, do you know what? We keep talking debriefing at the pub. Let's see if we can make this a project and a podcast. Um, and that's kind of how it started. We have a little like Marvel film club every time, you know, a project comes out in the cinema from Marvel or DC. Uh, we go and watch it. And yeah, we kind of pipe that into the podcast. But yeah, we, the, the premise of our podcast is that since the beginning, so we started in May 2022, we've been going from the very first 2008, first Iron Man movie. And from mm -hmm. the date of release, we've been looking at every single Marvel movie, every single TV show. And we're currently 
towards the end of phase four, which is crazy to think how fast that's gone. <laughs> um, but we also do wildcard movies as well, uh, where we uh, get the our listeners, our dear listeners, we call them, uh, to select just random movies. Um, and we use, yeah, we review those. Um, and then we also do uh, monthly news, kind of like roundup episodes at the end of every month now. That's a new thing that we've been putting in for the last few months. But yeah, that's kind of where we're at. So yeah, we're loving it, aren't we, Forrest, mate? It's great. Oh, yeah. Having a whale of a song. You guys have come a long way. You've got a, you know, a nice big Instagram following. It was just short of around about 1,500 followers, um, if, if my memory serves. And you're starting to make waves already. You were telling me just before that um, whilst you've got a busy day today in terms of recording, um, tell everyone at home what you're actually doing tonight. Okay, yeah, so so we've got uh, so this brand new film uh, that, uh, as of I think beginning of September, started streaming in the UK. Uh, it's called The Last Deal, uh, and we're speaking to a director and a member of the cast. Um, so we'll be doing a big interview for that. Um, and one, the actor that we're speaking to was a uh, stunt coordinator uh, on some Marvel projects. So it's a really exciting. Uh, beginning to interview uh actors cast crew um from various marvel projects um so really really exciting night but a, a long day today in order to get it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that is really exciting how did you how did that that come about did you just start reaching out to people did they come in contact with you these guys came to us, um, which is really, really exciting. Um, but we've always had in the back of our minds, you know, to create the idea that would have interviews for supporting artists and supporting casts um, and creatives that were part of like MCU kind of projects. Because that's kind of the premise of the Don't Be a Hero podcast is that we like to mm. kind of celebrate, you know, the uh, extra <laughs> that was in the back of a Multiverse of Madness shoot. Actually, we've got to do, we're doing Multiverse of Madness next week. And um, well, this week, we're doing it this week. Um, yeah, yeah. and uh today. there's today there's one there's one particular actress that was at the back of a certain shot that was like that she depicts don't be a hero podcast she is the <laughs> she is the non-hero we want to talk about um so yeah it's a it's a really exciting part now because we're going to start putting in more content with interviews with artists creatives that are part of these exciting projects that we know and love you know That's and it and it links amazing. back to you know me and matt are both actors we work in the industry ourselves um, so actually, us having you know interviews with fellow actors, fellow creatives, you know, something that we're really interested in. Mm. That's that's really amazing. I've just got your your bog standard review of episode every single week podcast. So, <laughs> uh, you're, but you're I'm smashing it, boring. Mate. You are smashing <laughs> you're it. You're absolutely smashing it, mate. There's so. like ten million out there. Like mine. Um, your setup <laughs> at the back looks absolutely incredible. Darth Vader <laughs> at the back there. It's just, it's a class yeah. of look at it. It's so cool. Obviously, with the uh, with the three of us here, it's 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 shortened it down to where it is. Um, maybe afterwards, I'll, I'll give you a wider view of what it's yeah. behind me. So it's a bit more of a setup behind me there. So, um, yeah, to be honest, it's like ninety nine percent Star Wars behind me, and there's about five or six Marvel figures in that yeah. you, can, you can just see Frank Castle over my shoulder there yes, um, from, yeah. from the Punisher. Um, and there's like five other figures from like What If. And that's about it. So, although I do have He Who Remains behind me as well, so perhaps slightly appropriate for today's Oh, uh, yeah. So, I, see that. Um, I love that. Nice. <laughs> But yeah, so it's really good to have you guys on. Um, I'm do a little game for you. Um, so I do this generally every time I've got an MCU show to uh, to to obviously review. Um, and I, I've caused risks with this in the past, so oh, I'm gosh. really hoping that this isn't going to happen. But um, bring it back. <laughs> Never know, mate. What a, what a way to set it up. What a way to set it up. Yeah. Not that I, I'm not trying to ruin everything for you today. Um, so you know. <laughs> 
podcast cancelled. No, no interviews tonight. Um, but uh, but bring it back uh, since we're reviewing MCU shows. Uh, MCU or real life? You. That is a sick so, gents, Thanks. <laughs> I recorded it myself. Now it's a lie. Absolute, absolute fat lie. Um, so I'm going to be giving you an MCU character, the the real life actor or actress that plays them, and then your co-host as well. And I want to tell, I want you to tell me who you would rather go out with for the day to a theme park with. Okay. So it's going to be going to be fun. Don't hold back, uh, please, for, just for the sake of saving someone's feelings. Like, we like the brutality here. On I the feel show. like this is like Mr. and Mrs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we'll see how well you know your co-host. Um, right. <laughs> Forrest, I'm going to hit you up with the first option. Oh, here we go. So I'm going to give you Loki-themed. So Mobius, Owen Wilson, or Matt? Who would you rather spend the day at a theme park with? Oh. <laughs> I mean... Ooh. And I, I, think... want, I want reasons as well. Yeah, <laughs> so <Okay>. do I. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so do I. Okay, so it would have to be, I'd have to take Owen Wilson to the theme park. I'm and the, and the, re- the reason is, <laughs> is because every time he went on one, he would go, wow, that was, a, <laughs> that was amazing, wow. <laughs> That's fair. That's the fair. The whole day and just go around to different roller coasters and him saying, okay. Wow, would make my day. Oh, really... Wow, we're at Thor Park. It's so cool. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> would he be saying, Wow, if it's Thor Park, though? It's pretty shit. Yeah, yeah it's right. a be fair. It's, 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 it's not Disney. It's not Disney World, let's face it. That's um, <laughs> true. No, I like, I like the reasoning. Good, good one there. So, Matt, for you, okay. we've got Captain Marvel, Brie Larson, or Forrest. <sighs> Oh, no, it's got it, hard feelings on this one, mate. No, no, no. In all honesty, it's got to be Forrest. It's got to be uh, Forrest on that. I, I, you, you've chucked me right under a bus. You there did. For not picking... <laughs> I, I know. I know he thinks I'm going to say Brie Larson. Um, as much as I, to be honest, I, I've been at quite vocal in terms of being an advocate for Brie Larson's work and uh, in in the projects of Marvel. But I think as a person. I think I'd probably have a better time with Forrest than Brie Larson. I'm pretty sure Brie Larson would be like, oh, I don't want to go on that ride. Oh, I don't want to go doing that. No, I'm not going to do that. But Forrest, Forrest is always like up for anything. So, I'd, yeah, I'd go for you, mate. All right? Oh, it is, mate. Oh, so lovely. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, what a lovely, cuddly end to the game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, it's not over yet. You've got more choices, yeah? Oh, here we go. Amazing. <laughs> so, Forrest, for you, we've got the Scarlet Scarab. May Kalamoi <sighs> or Matt? Oh, oh, come on. Just go. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, oh, yeah, but it's which one, though? So would I go... Ooh. Would... I, th- I think, like, spending the day with Scarlet would be, like, a kick-ass day. I feel like, the di- you know, different things you get up to would be amazing. And, and I she's don't like, know. proper adventurous as well. Like, she'd, you know... Mm. Yeah, yeah. You'd be you'd be you'd be getting off the roller coaster and clinging on for dear life, <laughs> and she'd be telling you how to get jump. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll go for it. Uh, yeah, so I, I'd go. I'd go Scarlet. Yeah, yeah. nice, nice. I, I find her slightly intimidating, to be fair. So um, yeah, I, I think I'd probably be too scared to be careful. Yeah, <laughs> she'd be like, "You're boring. Get on there." And I'm like, I've got vertigo. I don't want to go. <laughs> 
<laughs> nice, but you picked Scarlet Scarab for that one. Okay, and then the final choice comes down to you, Matt. So mm. your co-host Forrest, Ryan Reynolds or Deadpool? <laughs> it's gotta got be Ryan Reynolds. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. That'd be an un- unbelievable day. And I'm sure he'll pay for absolutely everything as well. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, yeah, I want that, I want this, I want to go on that. And he'll be like, Yeah, of course, mate. That's like pennies to me. Pennies. <laughs> Yeah, he would flush the cash. Um, yeah, that would be such a good day, and I and I'd imagine Ryan Reynolds being again just like unbelievably funny, with jokes left, right, and centre, and also up to go on anything, and also mm. maybe cause a little bit of mischief as it goes along. That's fair. Um, I know. As a, I don't know if you guys like football at all. I'd be trying to score some uh, season tickets for Wrexham. To be hundred percent. So. Yeah. No. Yeah. I do the same. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, hopefully the wife pops up and you can have a cheeky photo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah I, I mean, what a day that would be. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so Jeez. good. I thought that'd be yeah. an interesting choice because I, I think it would it'd take me a while, I think, to decide between Ryan and Deadpool who I'd rather be on with yeah. the day. But yeah. like, either way, you're getting a bit of an amazing day, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, you really are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like Deadpool would be a messy day. Like that is, you know, it's. <laughs> You know, de- either dead bodies everywhere or you're absolutely pissed. Who knows? Yeah, but... yeah I, I, I don't think I could cope with punching a bag of cocaine no. in my yeah. face. Um, so, <laughs> maybe Ryan's the slightly more calmer choice on that oh, one. Oh, look, I can't go on there because of vertigo, but I am prepared to take a whole bag of cocaine. <laughs> I'm going to bury my face in it like it's, like it's a Pizza Hut buffet. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you for those choices, gents. I'm glad there was uh, there was nothing untoward going on. No animosity. So I liked it, but uh, thank you very much. So that was MCU or Real Life You. Now let's move on to the main event of this episode, Loki episode two from season two. Um, before we jump into it, guys, what have you what were you feeling about season one of Loki and then last week's premiere episode? How have you been feeling about it so far? Because they pretty much run from one straight to the other, don't they? So there's been no yeah. time gap or anything like that. How have you guys been feeling about it? I, I, I feel like um particularly with series one, it was it felt like it was the premier T Disney MCU t- you know, T V series, maybe closely against kind of WandaVision as well. Um, it was a really strong series, I think, in terms mm. of bringing in a new concept as well, um, using Loki for character development as well. We're seeing very different types of, you know, of, of characterization with our Loki now, um, which is nice. It's fresh. It's the color palette I really, really enjoy of this show. Mm. And it's very it's obviously stuck to it very much so with the next ser- this new series. Um, but I think I feel like it's been, a, you know, the first series is really, really strong. I feel like the first episode was good, but it just I don't know. It, there was something really strong about it, but there was also something I was like, still like, I feel like I need to watch this again, you know. Um, but I'm I'm excited. I am excited because I think this series is going to really reveal a lot in terms of future projects and certain characters coming forward and what cameos we're going to get. And all of these threads kind of playing through. I feel like this series is going to be really integral to that. So, yeah. Hmm. Forrest? Uh, so, yeah, I, I'd say the same, I think. Like, last series, really enjoyed it. I think when we when we dived into ourselves, uh, there was it's quite a, a lot of filler there. I, th- I feel with Loki, you know, there's a lot of, lot of talking that goes on and a lot of long scenes that feel like, well, actually, it could have been half the length and more action. But I don't, I don't know if action 
is necessarily the focus with Loki. Mm. Um, mm. So, yeah, but I really enjoyed the first series. Some really strong characters there, which is great. Um, great acting chops uh, throughout the series. Um, the first episode of this series, I think it more of the same with that, really. Uh, I think OB is a fantastic character. <laughs> like that, great One of my favourite characters yeah. ever. Um, and and I, I quite love... It felt, quite, um, felt a bit Doctor Who-y. The first episode, there was a lot of terms used and a lot of kind of devices and wib- like wibbly wobbly timey stuff. And I was <laughs> timey just like, timey wimey. And uh, so that that was good. Um, I also f- think it carries on uh, in the episode we're about to talk about, but the comedy. I feel like the comedy has been written really well this series. So the first episode, there was some genuinely laugh out loud moments. Mm. Um, and and I and they've really stepped up the comedy, uh, you know, between Mobius and Loki as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh, overall, really good first episode. Nice. Um, I agree with you in terms of series one. It was one of my favourites. Um, I I did a show with Lee from Lights Camera Art where we ranked all of Phase Four and Phase Five projects so far, and I think I had Loki at number two on my list wow. behind no, behind No Way Home at number mm. one. Um, so yeah, I've been really looking forward to this series. Last week, I thought I think I probably gave it about seven out of ten. Yeah, in terms of how it good. was, it, it was it was it was a good start. It was a solid start. I sometimes I think maybe we expect too much. I was expecting maybe a bit more drama and everything going yeah. on. But in terms of you know what actually happened, like how could it be more dramatic than the fact that you know the temporal loom that knits the timeline together is on the verge of exploding? It literally, <laughs> so, so true. Like, don't know what more high stakes I could want, really. When, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we um, we rock forward into this into this episode, and it starts off where you know, Loki and Mobius appearing in in nineteen seventy seven, um, and they're going after what they think is potentially Sylvie, but it turns out that they stumble across uh, X five the Hunter, um, who seems to have abandoned his mission and and carved out a life for himself on on the sacred timeline. Um, there were some really good Marvel references in this in these mm. bits as well because we saw obviously that he was at the film premiere for Zaniac, mm, yep. um, and for those that don't know Zaniac, he was like an entity in the comics um, that liked to possess a few people. He possessed the guy that turns into Jack the Ripper, or when he was possessed him, he murdered people that then turned him into Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Um, but as the nice little tie-in, X Five has called himself Brad Wolf in this um, in this particular part of the timeline, and Zaniac actually possesses Brad Wolf, the actor Brad Wolf, um, in the comics. Um, so yeah. some really nice tie-ins on that. I was wondering because I, I, I knew that as well. So when we saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, we're going to see actually Zaniac appear at some point." Mm-hmm. And as well, it was a it wasn't it, it was a UK premiere, was it of Zaniac as well? And Zaniac is a like a UK based villain as well. Mm-hmm. And I just thought I thought we were going to see a little bit more from that. Whether there was going to be some sort of possession with Brad Wolf in there, but yeah. Hmm. And there was a cool hint on the poster as well. It kind of looked like Indiana Jones um, it is. was on the poster yeah. in front of the theatre. Um, and there was also an obscure poster reference in the background um, when they were walking through the halls as well for uh, the Phone Ranger, if anyone's familiar with this. Um, only appeared in about, he's only had about three appearances in the comics. Um, a, a, a tribute to Alexander Graham Bell, I believe, um, <laughs> was, was the character because he was named A.G. Bell. And he, um, he, he basically found some like miniature 
advanced um, aliens inside of a phone one time and managed to recreate their technology and had the ability to hack into all communications and telephone devices. I love that. Has he got a head for a phone? Is that is that right? Is he has like a no, not, uh, not quite. He was on his outfit. He had like a giant phone right, in front right. of his outfit. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that was practical running around yeah. trying to stop crime. Um, now looking at all the... <laughs> Jesus. Although to be fair, in the comics, somebody tries to shoot him and um, and the giant phone actually stops a bullet from from, from killing him. So. Of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Why not? He's like, I don't need plot armor. I've got phone armor. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we get Loki and Mobius catching up with uh, with X five on here, um, and he obviously I was unsure at first. I don't know how you guys felt. I was unsure whether this was supposed to be some kind of variant of X five or whether it was the actual X five. Mm. How how did the start of this episode hit you guys? It was. I think for for me it was. I, I, um, so there was a teaser, and I'm trying to remember. Was it the end of series? One Loki was at the end credit scene, or is it from a film? No, it's definitely a film. Um, the the yeah. cr- credit scene of Quantumania. Yes, where He Who Remains comes yeah. on stage. Victor uh, Timely. Yeah, yeah and, they're, and they're evidently in London at a similar period of time, right? Mm. Where that kind of where that happens. So I think for me, this it was a natural letdown that we didn't see He Who Remains, and I, and I think one of the things going into this series. Um, that it, it was said quite a lot that he was he's going to be quite a big influence, but also visibly seen quite yeah. a lot in the series. Mm. So I, I think I was I, I think as soon as I saw him in London, I was like, oh wow, okay, we're going to get we're going to get that scene. Um, so I, I think for me, I was like, oh okay, and it, and it was like, oh here's here's a here's a new character we've never seen. Um, but I, but I, I loved the chase sequence. Oh, with it that was scene. it. That was it for me. I think the I think the mm. whole setup of it of Brad Wolf being there, I was like intrigued. I was like, oh, cool, a new space, a new location, new time, um, and that all yeah was all interesting. But I think the moment that the chase happened and it started, I was like, okay, here we go, bit of action. And what I loved is that we saw the quintessential Loki that we know mm. and knew from the Avengers Assemble, where he was being mischievous, where he was being yeah. quite ruthless as well. And he was, you know, he was hell bent on catching him and the shadow play and the shadow illusions and his horns in the shadows. That was a beautiful moment. And it was so nice yeah. to see. Cause again, I, what I really, I didn't, I, you know, thoroughly enjoyed series one, but I would argue there wasn't enough villainy from Loki. Mm-hmm. And we've got to remind ourselves that he, you know, as much as we are seeing him as this hero, he, there is still this kind of villainous side to him, this mischievous side to him in his nature and, the more we see of that in, in, in its kind of small parts is really fun to see and seeing it happening here and also then get questioning as well later in the episode with this one. It's really great to see and really exciting. So I'm hoping to see more of that as the episodes go along where he kind of like maybe thinks about actually, who am I? Am I a hero? Am I a villain? Mm-hmm. You know? And, uh, and I, th- I thought it was really, it was a, it's a really good bit that chase for Mobius as well, because yeah. Mobius got to see where Loki's mischievous villain aside gets uh, results so yeah. later in the episode that comes to fruition when mobius actually uses that you know and we'll get mm-hmm. to that but but it was really interesting to see mobius see that kind of okay actually do i need to harness this side of loki in a way that that works yeah, yeah. absolutely agree i mean yeah that shadow play as you said uh, <sighs> Matt, with the horns and everything was so fantastic so cool done. 
Um, but it's, it is an intriguing point, isn't it, in terms of Loki still being really a villain or having villainous intent mm-hmm. at times, because obviously the Loki we got that got killed in Infinity War had gone through such character development where mm-hmm. he was still kind of half and half, because you know, as we saw in Ragnarok, he's still kind of being selfish at times, but he still is sort of like turning now to, to, the, to the good side, so to speak. Um, and then this Loki... Has, season one i think they kind of pushed him a lot through character development to get him almost back to that loki that we come to know and recognize mm. from the mcu films and therefore they're like okay we've got to keep him up now as like being a reformed character almost but you know still touching on that on, on his dark side so yeah. speak, in terms of wanting to be a villain or have villainous intent because he knows that it does get him results and he kind of he still loves that side of himself as well i think but it's interesting that you say he's going to. They, they do explore more through this series. That kind of like you're going. Okay, who am I? Am I a villain? Am I a good guy? Mm. Can I use or can I have both? You know, inside me at the same time. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, I mean, it'd be, it'd be a shame if they didn't explore that in the series. And I know they've got they've quite. Let's be honest, they've got a lot to unpack and a lot to introduce for all projects going forward as well for this series in particular. But I think it, as a character development for Loki. It would be really interesting to see how he navigates that and where, you know, and as well as an audience as well, where do we want him to be? You know, mm. we do generally, you know, as a whole, we really love Loki, if not more popular now than Thor itself, right? So it's either do we love him as the hero, do we love him as the villain or this anti hero? Where do we place him in terms of going forward? I, for me, for one, I, I love the villainous side of him and obviously, but we, we, you know, got to know a different Loki, you know, in the in the in the movies and stuff. So, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, there was one there was one theory that was, I think, Lee in Lights Lights Cabarant had a uh, collaboration. I can't remember the podcast name, but a few weeks ago, um, and it was it was on a reel. And it's um, it, it, they, uh, the theory was, what if, what if, for instance, we've got all this Jonathan Majors controversy. What if Loki throughout this whole time had the, the idea? of actually going into these, these multiversals war, taking out all these Kangs so he can then become the leader of time, the per- the guy, mm. the villain. And then actually it's not going to be Kang. It will be Loki in, you know, the Kang dynasty or secret, whatever it might be going in terms of going forward. Could he actually have this kind of plan all along? And I really like that theory. And I'm interested to know whether, you know, whether they're going to kind of tease that in. I doubt very much that's what they'll do, but like... Whether they kind of have that kind of plan come to fruition later in the series that he actually does want to take time itself, yeah, yeah, that is an interesting one. That was Michael from Star Wars. Michael, um, that that's that, it. That's that had it. that theory. Thank you. It was definitely interesting. I mean, I I don't necessarily see that happening because, like I said, they've put a lot of stock in Jonathan Majors as Kang mm-hmm. um, to to get him through there and going into Secret Wars because. Anyone who knows Secret Wars from the comics, knowing it's Doctor Doom that obviously sort of is in charge of this of the Secret Wars universe mm. or the world, um, and obviously with the Fantastic Four cast being recently teased as being completed, yeah, um, and they're just waiting for the actor strikes to be over before they announce it. And obviously, we should be getting Fantastic Four before those those two films as well, or even in the middle of them uh, potentially. Um, it's going to be interesting to see whether we do get Doctor Doom. Is it? Who would you prefer, guy? Do you prefer the theory of who would you prefer out of the three? So, if you had like Kang being the one overall that that, that takes charge in, in in being in charge of Secret Wars, something happening to Kang in Kang Dynasty that leads to Doctor Doom stepping in, almost like he did in the comics um, from from the was it the Overlords was it? Um, yeah. Where he steps in and takes the power from them and, and gets in charge, or Loki playing the long game, uh, eventually giving into his villainous side and taking charge overall. I. Go on, Forrest, you go. Go on. 
Uh, I, I mean, that is uh, that is hard. It's a big one. I, th- I think <laughs> I, I, I lo- you know, parking everything with Jonathan Majors to the side, and uh, you know he's got and they're going through trials, but etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's not got any kind of you know taken that to the side until that we've got a verdict on that. But I think, I, I think I, I really like Can. Uh, outside of uh, Quadrumania, when it was just, uh, I don't know what they did with a character for that, but I felt it was awful, <laughs> basically. Um, uh, but everything else that we have seen of Kang, I think, is such a good threat. He is such a good actor. I, I, mm. I would like to see him carry that forward uh, into Kang Dynasty. I, th- I think Loki, I, I think having Loki as maybe the ringleader of, of of not everybody else, but certainly the Avengers, whoever they will come to be, I think will be brilliant. And I think him against Kang will be great and seeing that. Um uh, and uh Doctor Doom being up there as well. Um but but for me, I I'd I'd have to go Kang, I think. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we're like we're like spoilt for choice with those mm. three. Like what? What brilliant characters in terms of like, you know, big bads. Let's say you know, big kind of you know villains through there. Those both, all three of those are really great choices. I think for me, maybe in terms of like, um, just in just being aware and knowing the character and you know, growing up with the character and that kind of stuff. Maybe for nostalgic reasons, maybe if seeing Loki as this kind of mega bad, which then harks back and threads through from Avengers Assemble. Like, there's something quite um, full circle about that, maybe. Mm. I don't know. They could kind of lean into that. Um, And also the fact that, you know, Tom Hiddleston, he's so good and he's done so much for Marvel. He's done so much for this, you know, for this universe. It's I, I feel like he maybe even deserves it, you know, to be kind of front and center as a big villain. Um, and he's got the capacity to do so as well. Um, I would, I mean, I would choose that, but also, you know, Doom is pretty badass. So, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, it's so hard to pick between any of them, to be fair. I'm really genuinely stuck between who I would want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so give, giving Loki and Tom Hiddleston that chance to be front and centre, even though he's obviously played major roles in the in the Thor films and the Avengers, mm. um, but giving him something even bigger to work up over all that time to have become essentially the big bad in the end of it all mm. um something maybe that yeah like I said he deserves but kang I agree forrest he's been absolutely amazing as, an, as the actor the, the way that he's portrayed i've absolutely loved his portrayal so far mm. um and then doom but it's it's doom isn't it it's, like, it's doom. waiting so long exactly right for a good iteration we've been through two yeah. different iterations of fantastic four none of them have been particularly good um and so we've we got it in this feeling, in this, haven't we, that Marvel are going to nail the Fantastic Four and, yeah. and Doom when we do get him, because he is coming either way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's just like, it's just the anticipation of going, oh, we finally want Doom. Let's get a proper Doom in there that's exactly. going to be badass and, and ruthless, and yet show that his intelligence level is above everyone else, which, again, in the two iterations we've had, I don't feel like we've ever really seen that. No. It's just been like some guy who's got a bad attitude, <laughs> and it's just like, I've got a bit of tech around me, let's use that sort yeah. of thing. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, but then we move on in this episode. So they, they go and pay OB a visit. He was on the floor working on a device um, for the temporal loom to handle the extra branches. Um, and he basically is like, gee, what do you want me to work on? Should the, the device that's going to save us or work on that stupid temp hand you've got? <laughs> um, and he sends him away with the with the handbook. Um, 
and they're obviously trying to go through it and they can't really work out what's going on. And then Casey being the little nerd that he is, is like, I've read the handbook. I know this inside out. Um, but then you also get the reveal that Miss Minutes has been helping Renslayer, which we kind of knew, obviously, from the end of the first series, but it's kind of revealed to them in here. Um, and then we get, get this cool reveal where um, Obi's trying to, or he's taking the, the, the device in and he's trying to get everything set up to, to help the temporal loom. But then we get this reveal, essentially, that they can't really do anything because the only person that can open the blast doors is the person who designed it, which is he who remains. Mm. Um, so this is where I think they're going to tie in in future episodes with Victor Timely, because he's the one that we know they go and see. Um, and since he's going to have essentially the same temporal aura, in a way, because it's, it's it's a Kang variant, whether they use him to open the blast doors or use him in some way to, to help them to, to fix the temporal room. What do you guys think? Absolutely. I feel like we're going to get that next episode. I feel like that's going to be episode three where we meet Victor Timely. That we saw, we saw in the teaser trailers Victor Timely. Um, so we know that it's coming. I feel like because of kind of how the story is kind of playing out quite quickly, we might see a Victor Timely that's swayed to be, you know, a, an asset um, in order to get the, you know, to get the doors open and stuff. And that's so why I feel like we're going to see a weird, like Mobius Loki Victor Timely team up episode potentially next week hmm. um where they put that together into fruition and then maybe he maybe just there's this then you know maybe a twist towards the end for victor timely but yeah i feel I'm, I'm excited i'm excited for jonathan majors to come into this now and i feel like i feel like the longer we wait the worse it's gonna get so i feel like we need to do it now because there's so much potential and there's so much to unpack with with his roles <laughs> you know um so yeah, I feel like um, next week we're going to see some Victor Time stuff. I think, mm. and we've only got four episodes to go now. Yeah, really, yeah. Show, it's going lot, so eh? quickly it's, already. It's so um, good. So considering they said he would play a major part, um, mm. yeah, two episodes better down. be in the next <laughs> yeah, two episodes down. We're nearly halfway already. <laughs> yeah, um, getting Do you guys buy into this theory that the the Kang that was defeated at the end of Quantum Mania, who was sucked into his like time core reactor, was then because. I don't, I mean, even though in the post credit scene we had the Councillor Kangs confirming supposedly that he's dead. Yes. Um, there was obviously huge theories going around that he wasn't. He was sucked into the into the time engine and he was spat maybe out somewhere in, in time in the past or in the future. And the theory going around that Victor Timely is actually Kang from Quantumania and he's just stuck in this time and all he's got is his knowledge of advanced mm. tech to get him through. Um, what do you, Forrest, any thoughts on that? Uh, um... I don't know. I, I feel from, <laughs> from a kind of knowing how Quantumania was received, you would hope that Marvel would kind of go, yeah, we'll just part that. Let's just, let's yeah. just keep with, you know, Kang from Loki worked, you know, or he who remains from Loki worked. So let's, you know, let's, let's get a bit timely. Let's get a completely separate entity. I, I think I'm probably less of the, of the vibe that they're going to, they're going to bring that, that version back. Mm. Um, I, uh, just to move away from the disastrous nature of that film. But hey, it's hey, Marvel. Maybe it they, maybe they thought it was a success. So he might come back. It probably already written. I, I, <laughs> I feel like that's what the twist will be at the end of next week's episode. I feel like we're going to get like, I've, yeah, I think we're going to get Victor Timely being all like, oh, nice, or oh, isn't he lovely and great? And then maybe at the end of next week's episode, we then reveals that he's actually the Quantumania Kang. 
You are well, hinging a lot on next week's episode. We've got, <laughs> yeah, but we've got, we've got so much to do. We've got so yeah. much to tell in terms of like threading all these projects together and potentially mm. as well opening it up for other things going forward. I feel like mm. even that, even that reveal is minuscule against everything else that needs to be told. So, I, I, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but equally I would be surprised if it happened because it's Marvel, let's be honest. They drag things out. <laughs> They're really good at that. Is I suppose the one thing you have got is that uh, I, I suppose I'm jumping ahead, but I'll, I'll try and keep it properly ambiguous. Is is that it kind of ends with nothing happening? Like we don't really know what's going to happen next, so mm. they could do a massive episode next week because mm. you know they were, they, we're not we're not led into like a slow oh hit the burner. No. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I the the theory that obviously you know, the quantum any Kang is Victor Tony's. I think people wanted the theory tied it in because he was spat out, you know, in the 1800s. He's got to work his way through. He can use the technology, technology to help himself live longer. Um, and he's now in the same timeline as the original, or supposedly in the same timeline as the where all the Avengers are and stuff like that, mm. or the sacred timeline. So therefore, he goes through the next couple hundred years, building up to the events of Kang Dynasty, where he's then like, I'm back, I'm full-powered, and I'm going to take you all on, you bastards, because you basically <laughs> just got fucking put me here. Um <laughs> What was interesting, I think, from that post-credit scene is what I I did manage to pick up on is that in the background there is a device that he has on stage that very much looks like something like the temporal loom mm. in, its, in its sort of design and stuff. So this is, I think, where he can also play a part because perhaps this is a variation of of a Kang that has an idea of how to build something like a temporal loom. So they can then he's the one that then can assist them from from stopping it from from going yeah and yeah the TVA. Mm. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose my 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 other going back to the argument I just made about Victor Timely not being the cat. I suppose if if he is, and it turns out to be this is the one we're going to follow now and until you know Kang Dynasty. Really, if he's going to like wait through all of that time to then get his revenge, then actually, could you could you not then argue then what what's the point in us being shown all of these Kang variants? Surely, surely they would. You know, Victor Timely should be a completely different because actually, otherwise, there was no point. You might as well just have one Kang, never have had that end credit scene, and we and just be, oh no, he's dead, and then come back. Whereas the fact they've actively talked to us about the fact that there are going to be lots of different Kangs, mm. it, it feels to me that it's it, they've almost cheated that. Then if we only actually it's kind of threaded two. it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree. I feel like it needs to be somebody different. Um, and as well, like we've spoken in previous episodes before about Jonathan Majors, like in terms of an actor, being able to play all these different types of the same character, it's a bit like it's like a one in a million kind of job. Like that is so fortunate because you get to do so many interesting different things with that. And that's what you want, right? I mean, I think in terms of like how this character and how this, how Kang is displayed as well, in the universe, we want to see all these different versions. So I think yeah. they might need to lean into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It should be a different Kangaroo and it shouldn't be the same one. I think because it was the post credit scene to that film mm. and the fact that mm. we see the Council of Kangs where they've invited every single Kang across, across the timelines mm. and assuming one stuck in the 1800s maybe wouldn't have the tech to then go and join, it could have been the one that was kicked out. So that was yeah, the yeah. prevailing theory for it. So. yeah. yeah. But um, I, I really do hope it is a different Kang. Like I said, I want to see as many different variants as we can. That's mm. going to be an overarching theme throughout a lot of the projects and films running up to 
to Kang Dynasty. So, but, hey, but it is. It'd be nice to see a different one. Yeah. I don't know if it, I'd love to see a Kang that's like genuinely a nice person <laughs> and, and gets re- gets really confused as to why people don't like him. He's like, guys, I'm, I'm just really on? like down to earth, like. <laughs> I'm just an accountant, guys. I just do. I just do people's taxes, guys. Yeah. <laughs> just like working in a, working in a coffee shop, and it's just like, why did all these people just show up through doors and now like threatening me? Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Cappuccino? Anyone? Yeah. <laughs> like, do you want a biscuit with that? No. Okay. Gun in my face. Okay. It's fine. Just the last line is like, we're gonna need more oat milk. <laughs> like, it's like. <laughs> Oh yeah, it would be that would be uh, cool to see. Uh, uh. <laughs> but um, I I think the the scenes with Ob this week have kind of thrown out a theory that um I had heard and, and discussed on my episode last week where could Ob potentially be a underhand villain in this series, um or a surprise villain in terms of he's been working with with he he remains all this time mm. um and that's why he was the one that was put in charge of like with miss minutes of looking after the temporal loom and mm. making sure everything's kept in place um i don't know whether i'm trying to fix it this week and is is maybe throwing that out what do you guys think there's something definitely going on i think with ob mm. i think so the fact that you know the tv agents and all the people that work there regularly get their minds wiped and he's got memories of 400 years yeah. like it's there's something in there. So I don't know whether it's uh, like villainy or whether he's got an ulterior motive or anything. Um, but I do feel like there's something to unpack from his character as well. And as well, he's a brilliant actor. So you wouldn't just bring him in just to be the, oh, yeah, I'm the nice guy. I'm going to help you do this. There's something else going on there that has to be for his for his own kind of character arc as well. But mm. I'm really I'm really happy that we've got Obi in there. And in terms of like adding into the dynamic, dynamics with the characters, it works really well. So I'm really keen to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so we move on to Mobius Loki and, and B15 going to um, antagonize, uh, antagonize, that's the wrong word, um, interrogate um, X5. And and we just basically get a bunch of scenes where he's being a bit of an um, X5 is being a little arrogant dick, really, and he's antagonizing Loki and provoking Mobius into slapping him. Um, and they go off and obviously um, go and get some rather nice looking key lime pie, which I believe we saw in the trailers as mm-hmm. well, because it's all green themed. Yeah. Um, and they have this sort of nice chat between Loki and Mobius where he's like asking him, you know, don't you know what want to know about your life on the on the timeline, you know, what were you before this and stuff. And I love that moment where Loki's like, Hey, you remember when you know, when I went got mad at my brother and my dad and I went to Earth and held Captain New York City and I threw Stark off a building. <laughs> <laughs> He makes it. He makes it sound like it was so casual. Like, know, do, you know, yeah. do you know that time where I took New York yeah. hostage? Yeah. No, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's just like one thing. Yeah, that wasn't tactical. I just lost it. Yeah. <laughs> Completely instinctive, like you know. Yeah. That, that's that scene with with the pie. If did you guys like feel? I felt like it. It, it felt strange. It felt a bit like. We're just getting an insight now into two characters that. It, it kind of felt like the writers had written it in. And gone. Look, if we've got time in the episode to, you know, kill, let's get a, put this pie sequence in there where they'll talk. Because it, it, it didn't, it didn't really feel like it leapt on 
the story for either of the characters, even even the character development, there wasn't too much of. Um, mm. it, it felt like a very, it, it, it was incredibly acted and it was a brilliant scene. It felt very casual and you were kind of like a fly on the wall in it. Mm. But why quite was put in the episode, I don't really know. Do you know it's really um, funny you say that because I kind of felt the same. I think it might have just been where mm. it was placed just after quite a high stakes moment where you had a lot mm. going on with Brad Wolf, the interrogation scene pr- prior to that. And then you just go straight into some sort of like really casual conversational thing. Um, yeah, I kind of felt the same, man. I think if, I feel like it's it's obviously important because I think, again, we're kind of seeing the the, the, the development of Loki and the fact that he's, mm. you know, he's reflected on what he's done now and he's gone, oh, you know, maybe that wasn't the best thing to do. But, like, I feel like it would, maybe could have been placed maybe later or a little bit, you know, earlier on in the episode. But I love the location, though. All of the, like, like the fact that the TVA has got a designated cafeteria for just pie. Yeah. Like, that's brilliant. <laughs> I want to know: Was there meat pies in there? Was it just dessert pies? Like, was there a steak and kidney in one of them? Like, what's going on? Do you know? Um, have you two ever seen? Did you <laughs> ever watch the film Spy Kids? The the very first film. Spy Kids. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. So there was a scene in the original Spy Kids where they that you could order like it was like a microwave thing. And you could put order anything you like. You could just order, and it would just it would just emerge from this tiny little microwave, right? And it was really cool. Growing up, I was like, oh yeah, I want one of those. And and that scene just reminded me, of, just like you could just choose anything, and just all these pies there. It was just awesome. It reminded awesome me of um, in Amsterdam. There's a place called Bebo where you literally they have those little kind of like air, like little cubby holes effectively. You kind of like, you like put a cup, like I put a Euro in and then all of a sudden you can just lift the latch and then just grab a little like tater tot of some sort. And yeah, it reminded me of that because it's just the whole wall of it. Um, but it was, I think it was the same pie. I think it was the wall of the, the same pie. Uh, but that pie looked amazing, though. Whoever created that, yeah. props to you. I have to say, I mean, I was I was a chef for twenty years, so whenever food pops up in an episode, I'm wow. always kind of intrigued at it. Because um, <laughs> I remember in Secret Invasion, um, I think it was the same episode I had Leon actually for Secret Invasion, um, when you had the English breakfast in the pub. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yes. Yeah, the fry uh, when yeah, they're yeah. eating that, and I did a, a mini review on it because I was like, that looked <laughs> shocking. It looked disgusting. The, the bacon looked overcooked. Like he's just there shoving half a tomato in his mouth. I'm like, no one in England does that. No, right? That's true. You either like, leave you it to the side. A, you get yeah. half. A, yeah, no one eats the half no tomato on fried breakfast. Like, but this pie did look great. The cream looked great. The base looked good. A bit too, a bit too green. I know that it was like theming it for Loki. Yeah, it was. <laughs> the natural key lime pie. I don't believe is that green, but it did look like a phenomenal <laughs> bit of pie. Um, so that was that was really good. Um, I think the basis of their conversation, where it eventually got to, though, was the fact that they were trying to get back to the point that Loki is mischievous. Mm, yeah. He's got this mischievous nature, which led to them developing the plan for what we see next, where they go back to X Five. They put on a bit of a show where they pretend they're going to just chat to him or, or Loki locks Mobius out of the room. Mm. And he's like, oh, cool, let's have a play around with this device um, and get sort of X5 a bit shitted up a little bit because he's like, well, let's behave, let's behave. Yeah. He like, crushes <laughs> yeah. the seat and then gets him in the box and then starts shrinking it down until he finally gives him and reveals that he actually did find Sylvie mm. uh, but decided that, um, that abandoning that plan and... and giving himself a life again on the timeline was more important. Mm-hmm. What was weird to me about this, and you gents can obviously give me your opinions, is that 
the change from X five in the previous episode to this episode has been absolutely outrageous. Yeah, um, the weird relationship, like the mother son relationship, we seem to have with General Docs, where they're like touching heads together, and she's like, "Go find Sylvie. We need to know what happened. Do what needs to be done," sort of thing. And then the next episode, straight away, he's like abandoned his mission um, and and gone to find himself, set himself up a life on the sideline. How are you guys feeling about that? Hundred percent. The moment that happened, the moment we kind of saw this change in the character, I was like, "Hang on, there's been a big jump here in terms of character mm. development." I think as an audience, maybe that's one thing in the episode I feel like we needed is a little bit more explanation on how, why, and what that transition was into this new, you know, Brad Wolf. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, I think in terms of like him when he went back into 1977, um, he's clearly been there for a few years because he's been, you know, he's this actor, he's mm. built up a reputation as a celebrity, all that kind of stuff's there. But like it, it does, it, it's such a jump, it's such a stark contrast to what we saw in the first episode with very little explanation. I am really interested to see what we do with Ducks. I think it's him going forward now. I mean, now she's been captured in the episode, but like, you know, I think for Brad Wolf, I think particularly we might need a little bit more backstory though. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, th- I think even in this episode, uh, apologies, uh, there is hammering next door. They've just my neighbours have decided that now is the opportunity to make all the noise for DIY. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's, it's not. It's not the cat, is it? <laughs> <laughs> the cat's I, just going absolutely nuts. <laughs> Could be. Let me in. I'm just going to disconnect you again. <laughs> um, the yeah, I um, I also thought it was the change in him in this episode was really weird. So mm. there was two interrogation scenes. And we're supposed to believe that from one where he was so cocksure and so absolutely never going to give any information to literally one interrogation scene later. Or all the, because at the end of the day, Loki was never going to kill him because no. they, he wanted that information. And it also he's not going to do that in the presence of TBA. Mobius would never allow it. There lots of different things, right? So... How on earth the idea of breaking somebody down and it's, it takes two interrogations for that to happen. <laughs> I thought I thought it was a very strange. I yeah, I, I completely agree, Andy. I think his whole arc has been way too like boom. Different character, yeah. boom, absolutely change of personality, boom, he's revealed everything. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it was it was very random. Um you know whether it doesn't matter if it was the plan that Loki and Mobius came up with, and maybe they're just playing on the fact that um, that X Five says that he's you know, read Loki's file, he knows what he can be like in terms of just killing people on a whim and stuff like that, and the whole setup of locking Mobius out and Mobius like let me in, banging on the door, supposedly the thing that obviously convinces him. But yeah, it's probably to me the the weakest scene out of the entire show because, like you said, he just breaks away too easily because mm. um, you just be like you want to know I never get this trope in any movies it can't be a real life thing surely but whenever they're threatening to kill you and they're like but they want the information out of you <laughs> yeah. so they're like I'm going to kill you unless you tell me and I'm like well you're not going to find out then so fuck you yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. so like they know they want to find out what he knows if, they, if he knows where Sylvie is or anything like that but they're threatening to kill him mm. so I'm like it just to me, that trip never makes sense in any case. No, no. You, you, you know, affecting their friends and family is what you want to be doing, right? Mm. So if he's got an affiliation with someone particular in the TBA, it's them who you threaten. It's not the person who has the information. But, you know what would have been yeah. interesting? Is I'm maybe, not an expert. No, no. <laughs> but, like, 
In, you know, you know the way when when Loki first came to the TVA, Mo- Mobius showed him all of his life, you know, on the mm. on the timeline and how he died as well. Like maybe they could have used that tactic for Brad Wolf. So then, not only do do we get the intimidation tactics and the development of the narrative, but also we get the backstory of, okay, you know, how did he get to become this person, and what is his kind of general demise as well, you know, on the timeline. And then he sees that, and then that can reveal it a little bit more. It might have been easier for us as the audience to sort of go, okay, oh, right, I see, this is Brad Wolf, right, you know, in a quick little yeah. two-minute scene. Hmm. I always thought that just general torture is a far better motivator than threatening to kill someone. Because to be honest, I'm I'm a bit weird. If they threatened my family or friends, I probably wouldn't care that much. Um, <laughs> but if, they, if, if they're, like, threatening to, threatening to cut... <laughs> If they're threatening to cut my arm off or like maim me in some way, I'm like, I will give you information. Don't need to touch me. I still want to be able to walk after this. Yeah, <laughs> Assuming yeah. you're not going to kill me after you, I've given you information. So I'm like, the threat of physical torture for me is far more motivating than like psychological, <laughs> psychological torture. So <laughs> sorry for any of my friends and stuff listening. That's so um, good. I, 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 I do love you, honestly. Uh, <laughs> All of them just watching this going. Right, well, I know where I sit. Good to know. (laughs) All of a sudden, I'm blocked on everything. Um, (laughs) Sorry, guys. Love you. Um, But yeah, so um, a bit of a weird one that he gives in so easily, but he Mm. does reveal that he knows where Sylvie is, that he he did find her and he abandoned his mission. So they then decide to obviously, uh, he he will take them to to the branched timeline where she's at. And then obviously we go back to the McDonald's that we see at the end of the previous episode. Um, what I did like is when they're there, they're obviously the, the shot down at the top of McDonald's. You see the McDonald's sign. Immediately, yeah. With McDonald's, it says, it says over 40 billion served. Um, so I'm like, this is one head of a packed yeah. timeline yeah. that they've served. If it's 19, mid, mid-1980s or whatever, and they've served over 40 billion people. <laughs> and that yet, is so yeah. good. Whilst they're there, there's about four customers. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus, um, particularly quiet down a 40 billion uh, McDonald's. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it's McDonald's overall in this on this earth, rather than like this individual <laughs> McDonald's is, well, is a passing through event for the entire universe. <laughs> Like, it's just a drive-through for aliens coming by like every five seconds. Wasn't it? It just felt like such a deliberate advert for McDonald's. Yeah, like mm. throughout, throughout. Yeah, like it just. It, I mean, even <laughs> to be fair, it did make me want to have a shake. I'm not going to lie. It's really <laughs> clever. Really clever. What one one question I have right, and and you guys might have the answer for this. How would Mobius know they sell apple pies? He walked in and he immediately said, oh, I'm craving an apple pie. How would he have ever have known about an apple pie? Maybe he just saw it on the menu. Guessing they probably know of different franchises and stuff like that throughout the different timelines. And he's like, McDonald's apple pie. Maybe yeah, after true. the end of one mission, mm. snuck off and had a cheeky McDonald's somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> stopping off for a Big Mac. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. They, they've, they saved another timeline, just like at the Avengers, you know, at the end of the Avengers. They all go sit down for shawarma. Maybe they get a McDonald's. Yeah. Every, every big TVA mission. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Yeah, yeah. Do you so, know what I thought? That's the thing. When they went when they went back in time, I thought we were going to get some sort of like Peter Quill Guardians moment. I wonder because mm. they were in Missouri, which yeah, is the same place that Peter Quill were at. But obviously, this is a branch timeline, mm. so um, it wasn't quite the same. Mm. I did think 
I did mention it last week, I think, that it was like, oh, maybe we could have got a young, like, four or five-year-old Peter Quill and his mum and grandma, uh, granddad walking past yeah. somewhere, but mm. I was like, oh, it's a branch timeline, so maybe it's not quite accurate. Yeah. I did also hear a theory that I, I did quash because this is a branch timeline, that the guy that Sylvie speaks to him at Donald's at the end of last week's episode, and the, the kid at the end, obviously the same kid, with this it could have been a young Mobius, mm. and he doesn't know it because he's oh, had his God. memory twice. Um, I did see that theory thrown out there, but I was like, this is a branch timeline. Everyone yeah. from the TVA was taken from the sacred timeline. That's true. Um, so maybe it's not quite, but it still could technically be a variant, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. variant of Mobius. I think we're going to get. Um, I think I we're going to get to know a little bit more about Mobius and how he came onto the yeah. TVA as well, because obviously that was revealed in in terms of he said he would shake. He wants to shake the hand of the person that captured him. That's now got him to the TVA when they had the um, pie mm. scene, and. Um, there's a, I, I mean, there's a theory going along as well that the person that captured him is a future version of, of Loki. So, and Loki, the Loki that we're currently following doesn't obviously know that yet. And in terms of like time looping and stuff, so maybe our Loki, for whatever reason, goes forward and goes, or goes, goes back in time to then capture Mo- Mobius from the sacred timeline to go into the TVA in order to like protect something, I don't know. There's that theory going along as well, maybe. Um, so he's probably mm. staring the front of, you know, working with the person that captured him in the first place. Yeah. Who knows? That'll be interesting. Mm. Yeah. But, I uh, know. Yeah. <laughs> so many theories going around every single week. It's hard to keep track at times. Yeah. So. <laughs> it really is. Um, yeah. I've got like a notebook and I'm just like, I keep track of stuff. Like my own theories <laughs> on there, which my own theories are normally shite as well, to be fair. So. Um, but yeah, so we obviously get them where they go. You know, um, we get the scene between Loki and Sylvie where he walks up to the counter. Sylvie's been working there, looks maybe for a little bit now because her hair's grown out a bit and she looks like she's in the promotional materials. Plus in the, the, the scene where we saw in last week coming out the elevator, she's got the same sort of hair as there. Um, and they had the conversation at time where she's like, I don't care. I'm free now. I can do what I want. I don't want to take part in your TVA nonsense. And Loki's like, you don't fucking understand, bitch, because you sent me back into the TVA. <laughs> And like you unleashed all this bullshit, and now you're just sitting on the timeline, all happy as if nothing's going to happen. Working at McDonald's, that's, that's... fucking employer yeah. of the month five times in the badge. I saw that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah, he's like, I'm such a good worker. I've already filled up the straws for you. Because <laughs> she's like, this is easy work compared to having to jump around timelines and assassinate people and and work out a, a grand plan for taking down the CBA. So you know, washing the floor is not such a big deal yeah. to me here so yeah you do not um, get to kill he who remains and then just decide to work at mcdonald's for the rest of the time and wait for it all to blow over like it's not it's not it and does she does she live in a car as well <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah like how does she get money social security number to be able to get paid yeah. like what the fuck is going on <laughs> just enchanted them all to do this for her yeah. i think but it's uh, all right Andy, because she she can have mcflurries on tap so you know so, why does that matter well, well mcflurries invented no, i don't think they were i don't all think right. they were all right all right guys kill me now Apple <laughs> <laughs> this guy doesn't know his mcdonald knowledge <laughs> No, you're talking to a fat man who likes his takeaway. <laughs> I, I know my shit. Um, especially, well, in last week's episode, he was like, "You can try our new chicken McNuggets." So I'm like, "1982, you're only just getting nuggets in there." Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but is it not a bit? Like, I've not. It is one part of the show I've not enjoyed. You know, from last season to the season, the fact that Sylvie just seems. Well, I, I guess she doesn't care about the consequences yeah. of her actions of taking down the CBA, killing Hugo Remains, and the fact that. 
you know, Loki's like, let's stop and think about the repercussions of what you want to do and see what's going to be better for everything overall. And she's like, I don't care. I was kidnapped as a kid by the TVA. This is all I've thought about. This is all I want. I don't give a shit what happens afterwards. 100%. She thinks she can swan off and have a good life. You know, her post credit scene last week, she's like, I want to try everything now. I can have a nice life. Mm. It's like, uh, you think you can do what you did and get away with it and not have the actions come after you? Absolutely. Really kind of bugged me a little bit. No, I'm totally with you. I really enjoyed Sylvie's character arc in the first series. And in this mm. episode, she just comes off like a petulant child, like proper mm. despondent. And I'm like, yeah, do you realise what you've done? Like, honestly, like, and as well, the fact that she feels like she can just, yeah, work in McDonald's and just, you know, be like, you know, I've done what I needed to do. That's it, you know. And there's no care. There's no actual regard at all currently. There must be something going on there. I think there might be, we're going to see more, you know, from Sylvie there. But like, it does feel like a but, bit a bit of a short straw in terms of like not really, you know, I do th- seeing what, what she should be reacting mm. to maybe. I do think that gives a little bit of Loki about her though. Because actually, like, you know, if we go way back to, you know, phase one, phase one, phase two, Loki, then actually he was he was quite petulant, didn't listen to anyone. True. You know, yeah. he was the petulant brother, right, of, of Thor. Um, so actually, actually seeing that side of Sylvie makes her, for me, more Loki. And when you've got Loki in his current form, uh, yeah, that we're following now, is so far away from that, really. So actually having Sylvie represent old-school Loki uh, in some way, in very loose ways, you know, obviously not mischievous as such, but it's quite nice, actually, I, mm. think, I think, for me, is to see sees that other side to Loki. I think that's fair. I hadn't really thought about it like that, and the fact that this is uh, and not as emotionally developed Loki as our current Loki. That's you know? true. She is still a Loki, regardless. Mm. Um, and she's she's had to deal with all that stuff, and so she's still a petulant, selfish Loki. I think that's a good point. Mm. Mm. It gives me a better view of it, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, but still, like, how can you not think about all the shit that's going to happen? I mean, yeah. When he's sat in this chair eating his apple, telling you there's going to be a fuckload more of me coming, <laughs> and they're and and they're bad. Yeah. Like, oh, just kill me anyway. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, especially when she was very nonchalant about it, she's like. And Loki's like, what, you're going to give everyone free will and walk away? Which is kind of more like that Loki that wants to be a conqueror, that wants to be in charge of everything, yeah. and is thinking about the bigger consequence. And she's like, yep, I did, and now I'm going to walk away and leave you to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then in this episode, we get this reveal, that obviously, between Mobius and, and Brad, that he, you know, he's wanting to get out of there because he knows something else is up. And we get the reveal that Docs and her loyalists are basically planning to to bomb the timelines, which I did actually predict last week. So that's one in the in the in the good column for me. Well, hey. um, in terms of predictions, because I did say that you know when they because they emptied the armory, they all disappeared, and they were like, "This can't all be for Sylvie." And I was like, "Well, they're going to go and prune all the other timelines." Yeah. yeah. And they basically set everything up to bomb all the timelines within a short period and destroy everything. Um, which to me, I don't know how you guys felt about this, but I. It was both predictable, so you knew it was coming and they would have to stop them. But at the same point, they basically built everything up to this last season in terms of you know, killing He Who Remains, unleashing the timeline and all the branches so it wasn't just a sacred timeline anymore, um, which essentially opened up the multiverse yeah. for everything else that we've seen since in all the other films, building up towards Kang Dynasty. And then two episodes into the series, and they, bra- and they prune, like, what, 80 90% of the branch timelines? And so that's been undone very quickly, which I was a little bit disappointed at. Yeah, and it kind of it worries me a little bit in terms of like going forwards with 
all of these other legacy characters that we're bringing in for Secret Wars and stuff. And, you know, are those branch timelines that are now just gone? Like, I don't know. Are they kind of like going, well, what if these things don't happen, you know, with these other studios, with Sony or whatever it might be, and we can't get this actor in for this project? Um, we can just say, oh, well, that was a branch timeline that got taken away in Loki Series 2. And that's like, I feel like, they just went, let's do this because it might be a quick get out for us in terms of explaining ourselves going forward. If we can't get this project to happen, mm. that's happened, you know, in, in, on a different technical timeline. But I feel, I do feel like they kind of shortchanged us on that moment. That should have been a bigger moment. There should have been a bigger fight. It should have been more of a sort of like a, a concrete sort of team up. Let's go get them. The fact that they got caught so easily as well. I was like, geez, okay, fine. You didn't really think about that, did you? Because, you know, you know, the fact that you're going to then prune a whole and take away a whole branch timelines as much as possible, you're going to need some infrastructure, right? Not just like a weird warehouse out of nowhere, just fucking people running through doors. Felt like there should have been a little bit more there. But, um, hey, you know, we've got other things to say and talk about i think go forward <laughs> let's be honest yeah i, I think it's in the nature of you know there's a couple of things that we've talked about that feel like this series so far has kind of skipped a beat in in various ways it's kind of gone right we need to rush these bits in order to get to you know victor timely they want to get a kang they want to get to all of that if it, it feels like um i i would probably also put in the fact that if it happened if they could bomb these branches and take away these branches so quickly probably it can be the opposite like it can be reversed just as quickly i imagine so i think i i wouldn't you know i wouldn't be shocked if in the next two episodes something happens which then they go oh well they're appearing again oh here we go so i mm. i you know i i don't I think for something so dramatic to happen on episode two, there must be either a very specific reason that is a bit bigger than Marvel just need to close this, you know, mm. potential mm. hole in their ideas going forward. Um, so it's either bigger than that or the likes of Victor Timely or, or, or maybe that's OB, right? Maybe, yeah. You know, you're talking yeah. about earlier, Andy, about OB being a possible villain. Well, maybe maybe that's it. Well, maybe next week, because we've seen no TVA uh, react. Uh, well, we saw a, a, a little reaction within the TVA to these branches, a very small bit. Then we went back to Sylvie and it was the end of episode. So actually, could it be we haven't seen OB's reaction to this? Will OB now emerge as the villain because he will he will know a way to reverse what's just happened yeah that's cool i i did wonder if maybe they don't because we did see in the last episode a little flash forward in the tva to when it seems they're evacuating the tva because the temporal rooms become that unstable mm. so i did wonder whether they don't end up being able to stop the the temporal loom from collapsing or exploding whatever and the explosion of the temporal loom trying to nip all the branch timelines together mm. results in the reversing of, of this. So they mm. then creates more branch timelines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's their way to sort of go back on it. So we'll obviously have to, to wait and see about that to be fair. Mm. Um, but it, yeah, in terms of the battle itself, it was, was not quite up there. It's good to see two Lokis together. So to speak, using their magic um, and maybe it's just, maybe it's even just running around in the background with a, <laughs> yeah. with, with a prune stick, just, just like, hitting things and people. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny um 
And then, but there's that moment when they obviously just grab each other's hands and just send a shockwave oh, of, cool. of magic out that just it's everything. I seeing a few people get knocked through time doors. I'm like, why didn't you just do that when you walked into the room straight away? Yeah, why did you wait until you were halfway in there to do that if that was the case? So yeah. again, a bit of plot armor, perhaps just to give a little bit of battle in there. But um, <laughs> we um what do you think about this character Docs? Because she seemed like obviously I I liked her more in the previous episode to this one. Um, she was like very shrill when she's shouting, so to speak, with that Scottish accent. Mm. Um, she's like, "We've been discovered! Like bomb what you can, get out!" <laughs> she wasn't. It was just like, "We've been compromised." <laughs> um, you know, do you think she? It's just a weird anarchist type character that just seems to be like, yeah, we're going to continue, even though everything we know has been destroyed and everything's changed from where it was. Yeah, I'm still going to continue this mission and, and keep one timeline. Do you think we're going to see much more from her or now that this was her plan and she was just pretty much done? We've been moaning about how many interrogation scenes we've had in this episode. I feel <laughs> like we're going to get an interrogation scene with Docs. Oh, like, and it will probably be probably about two or three in one episode where it's like, oh, that didn't work. Let's try again. Let's find something else. Um, I, yeah, I think we're going to we're gonna have to get something more from that character in terms of... And as well, like, where was that character in the first series? Like... We should have maybe introduced Docs a little bit earlier, just so we could have seen the, the development in terms of, you know, the, the the main story arc of the first series. But I think um, it'd be interesting to see the relationship between Brad Wolf and Docs as well being played out a little bit more, just understanding a little bit more of the, you know, the reasoning behind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that weird, weird little nod on the head bit, and like she was, she played a really r- weird character in Game of Thrones, as I remember. Mm, and yeah. it was a, it was a weird like mother like teenage child that was still breastfeeding thing and it was just yeah, weird well, that's exactly <laughs> what i was thinking about between um between docs and, and and brad yeah i was like it just seems this weird she would still that's be breastfeeding so in kind of mother-son relationship yeah like, really weird disaster <laughs> <laughs> i mean it wasn't made it wasn't made any better with the reaction from the other the other the other hunter character i think it got so she, she was like what the fuck? But, yeah. <laughs> but, but also, whilst we're talking about that, right, and it, it kind of goes with Docs, is the first episode board, the board scene, I I thought was so weird. It, it's just mm. solo camera shots of people going, oh, oh, oh no, this has happened. You've never met me, but I'm bloody disgusted with what's happening in the TV. <laughs> what? This is this will have this will have ramifications. It's like what is going? Or why is it so dramatic? Just Jesus Christ, get in a room and talk to each other. Yeah. It, it, it felt a very very odd scene, and Docs has just felt very odd from the word go. Mm. So I'm not, mm. yeah, don't really get that. I mean, I understand where the War Council came from because Renslayer was like, there's obviously other judges except Renslayer, and yeah. Um, and she was like the the person in charge of the TVA, so to speak. Now that she'd vanished and seemed to have betrayed the TVA, they have this council of other judges they put together to make decisions. But it's just kind of like they weren't like there were so many empty seats there. So like, where, where's yes. someone else to start with? You've got the old dude who's asleep, who <laughs> doesn't give a shit. Um, he's like might as well be dead in a coffin somewhere because he's got nothing to contribute to this council. Mm. Um, and then you've got two other judges who are opposite ends of of what they want to do. Like one's like stop pruning. We yeah we can. There's people here we need to save. And the other one's like I don't care. I, I'm very like fascist in my sense of nobility. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go ahead and prune everything. It's, it's um, so, so weird. It was such a bizarre it scene. Really it was very odd. Yeah. It was kind of like in a way the 
the the uh, the Council of Scrolls in in Secret Invasion. Mm, yeah, because this council's there out of nowhere. They're all there, and then one's like, Gravik's like, I'm taking charge now. Um, back me or die, <laughs> sort of attitude. Um, and this this to me felt weird in a similar vein. So don't know whether Marvel's got this thing at the moment of putting together councils of people to to ratify decisions and stuff, but. Bit random. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like it's like the writers have it as like one of the checks they have to do for each project. <laughs> so like, have we got a council in there? Episode two, fantastic, lovely job done. Yeah, right, have we going? So true. And then, and then and then we never see them again. Yeah. Um, it's fine. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so um, a bit we, we spoke about how much they've got to fit in 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 these series. Is this something that maybe the Star Wars side of Disney Plus has got right in the fact that they're willing to do slightly longer seasons? Because we've had like Ahsoka that was eight episodes, we had Andor that was like twelve, mm. and these have been hailed as two parts of the best of, of Star Wars of what they've done in terms of Disney Plus series, anyway. Yep. Um, and this is this where the Marvel side is falling down a little bit because they restrict themselves to to what or how long series are going to be, and the fact that sometimes you feel like you need another two or three episodes to really have played out the story properly, rather than having rushed it through. Because last week's pacing was incredibly fast; oh, they had to get through a lot, and this episode went in and out where it was a lot going on in a short space of time. Then we had moments, and then we had like five minutes of them just sitting down talking. Mm. Yeah, do you think? they could really benefit with extending these a couple of episodes. hundred percent. We seem to be six episodes only for Marvel. For yeah. Most part. And then we're getting Daredevil that's going to be 18. Yeah. It's so, so weird, isn't it? It, it? Disney needs to be, it feels like Disney overall are being very prescriptive to their, like you, you're only going to have this amount of episodes rather than, and, 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 and I think I read this week, Andy, um, that there, there's going to be a restructure of how they, mm. they do this yeah. moving forward. Uh, and 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 the how the writers are going to be how they kind of organise and structure that the writers yeah. and I, and I think it it just feels a bit it feels like who the person making the decision on how many episodes there are shouldn't be the person uh, I, I, it feels like the 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 structure at the moment is a bit odd because it feels like someone's going you've only got six and then. That whoever should have made that decision is going, oh shit, okay, we need to put this, that. So for me, it's the showrunner, right? Surely, isn't it not mm. the showrunner position to be going? Should overseeing all of it? Kevin that goes, oh, this should 100%. be a little bit more. I, yeah. I really hope this isn't the case, but my, my thoughts around this have always been that the fact that we're getting shorter episodes and when, we're, when really we need longer ones because there's lots of story to tell and unpack is that generally speaking the marvel audience on t- you know disney plus tv series are demographically younger and their mm. attention spans are a lot shorter than i say our generation and older generations that watching you know andor ahsoka you know a lot of die hard you know uh, star wars fans that are able to attend you know and, and listen and watch those kind of more featured length series but we're just being shortchanged with shorter episodes because they're trying to get a younger audiences they're trying to inspire the next generation of marvel fans and it's like well aren't we're still watching it we still want to know these stories mm. we're the people that are asking these questions as well um mm. and it does i does feel like that and that, that might be one of the main key players the reason that we're getting these shorter episodes and the fact that you know daredevil's getting 18 episodes it's because it's going to be an r-rated series so they know mm. that the people that are going to be watching that are going to be 18 plus they're going to be able to retain and watch you know all of that episode in one sitting i hope it's not the case but i feel like it is hmm. you know what you mean i think they said as well daredevil's going to be like 20 to 30 minute episodes mm. um 
so they're going to be slightly shorter. But right. I completely agree with the fact that you know it's it's really frustrating when they start off a season with you know a good forty five minute or fifty minute episode, which they they were doing with the Mandalorian when that first started. In terms, of they were almost being hour long episodes, yeah. mm. and then as the series has gone on, they seem to. Yeah, you know, 40, 45 minute episode, and then everything seems to be around 30, 35 minutes now, mm. which when you've only got six episodes to tell a story, it's, you might as well have just made a film, really, yeah. a, a long film, because it, yeah, you know, the whole point of a series is to tell a longer story yeah. and have that time to tell something that you can't do in two, two and a half hours. So it is really frustrating when you hear about it. I was like getting mad in Secret Invasion. They're like, oh, this week's episode is 29 minutes. Oh my gosh. Why? Yeah. But Why have you done that to us? Like, and, and then even worse, when you get to a finale episode and you're like, you've got a lot to wrap up in the story, you know that they're going to spend a good 10 minutes of just like useless crap at the end of it, of just saying, oh, everyone's going to be here and there and this is where they're going to be at the end of it. Um, and so really you're losing a good 10, 15 minutes of the actual plot line. So really, they're cutting it down again. And it's, mm. Yeah, it's been really frustrating. I, find. I, th- I, want, I wonder also, like, on the other hand, so you've got a kind of duration of episodes, duration of the series, but also uh, I wonder if it's the, the, the another issue is the MCU. It's the fact that when the writers are in that room, it, there has to be a certain level of this has got to be connected to this. Whereas, you know, if if we make this change about this character, if we kill off this branch, what? how is that going to reflect in, you know, in Guardians? What is this going to happen with this lot? And, and whether, you know, in a post-universe world where we have, you know, where we potentially have lots of different universes, we go to lots of different... Uh, uh, what I'm trying to say here, lots of different universes, lots of different strands, that actually the TV series then becomes easier because they've got less to worry about. They can actually enjoy, you know, in universe four, five, six, they can just thoroughly go to town with these characters and Mm. decide things that won't have greater ramifications elsewhere. So, you know, they they haven't got to worry about, shit, we've got to nip this in the bud or we have to put this in a way where we could come back from it. You know, yeah, no, I don't know if that's also yeah. I mean, is that kind of the, I guess the approach they had for quite a long time with Agents of Shield, didn't it? Because mm-hmm. it's always been contentious nowadays whether Agents of Shield was canon or not to the MCU, and we all know that when it started, it was mm-hmm. because they said everything's connected. It's all it's all together. And whilst we saw the films affect that TV series, we never obviously saw what they did in the TV series affect the films. Yeah. And then there had to be a point when it diverged from the main MCU because. They had obviously the snap of Infinity War, and how would Agents of Shield cope with that? They just basically went off and did their own thing after that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I see, see what your point, Forrest, of like, you know, can they just be happy to make these TV series and not have a greater effect of it? But now they kind of do have to worry about it because everything is tied in with main characters and characters that are going to come to the front, mm. you know, around Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Um, and we've already seen the fact that we're getting you. Know, um, Ms. Marvel in the Marvels film, mm. so everything's already jumping from from the small screen to the big yeah. screen, and they have to be obviously make everything as connected as possible. Mm. Um, but we round off this episode. You know, we get told that they've got a hit and run Slayer's ten pad, so obviously I think we're expecting to see her in the next episode. Um, and Sylvie's then like, cool, you know, timeline's fucked again. I'm off to my own one if it's still there, which it obviously is. And we get, as you said, where she's just sitting on her car for no reason. And I thought we were going to get some weird thing between her and, and the kid where she's like, your mum coming to pick you up? If not, I'll drive you. <laughs> yeah, home. I thought that um, too. I was like, fucking <laughs> calm down, Sylvie. Don't, <laughs> don't be a cradle snatcher now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
I was like, there's a weird mother-son relationship going on in this TV show. <laughs> um, but obviously, end of the episode, so like you said, they didn't really end it on, on any sort of cliffhanger or any note of where we're going next, apart from, obviously, the introduction of, or the reintroduction of Renslayer. Um, and I think, obviously, yeah, we better get a bit of timely because um, in the next one, only four episodes to go. But any predictions from you guys of where the rest of the series is going to go? I know we sort of touched on it briefly, but... Mm. Any particular cameos you're expecting to see in here, or is it just going to be this particular group from now to the end? I uh, I feel I do feel like we're going to get an uh, introduction to Jonathan Majors again coming back in as Victor Timely um, for next week. I do feel like maybe at the end of this episode or maybe the fourth one we'll start seeing we might we'll find Renslayer um, in whatever capacity, um, and then that will kind of like lead it going forward. For some reason, I know we got like a really subtle Moon Knight um, sort of Easter egg uh, in the first episode, last week's episode, but I want there to be some sort of Moon Knight more deliberate cameo or something. I just, I just want to be reassured that Moon Knight is still very (laughs) much in the plans. Um, So hopefully we'll see something there, or or even a Deadpool one. I don't know. We'll see. Well. Speaking, sorry, Forrest, before we get to your thoughts on it, but um, last week we're speaking about the fact that we know that Mobius and TVA are going to be in Deadpool 3. So we were thinking that this is a potential post-credit scene for the end of the series. Mm. Uh, We get him linked in with Deadpool that then sets up something for Deadpool 3. So I I, I can't imagine that we won't get some tie into Deadpool by the end of the series that links it then to the film. Yeah. That's oh, gonna be great. If we, if we get that, I'll, I'm gonna rewatch that. Even if it's one minute, I will rewatch that one minute for about five weeks. Or, I mean. or even if, like, because they say it's all about the universe is collapsing in Deadpool and yeah. them going through trying to save people to bring them through to the main timeline, mm. which is where the X Men are then going to come in, aren't they? From so, it'd just be great if, like, you know, it just focuses. You've got post credit scene. Deadpool's just there in his suit. He's just smoking or snorting something. <laughs> Um, and then Mobius just comes through a, a time door behind him, and he just turns around and looks, and he's like, "Wow, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think we, we're definitely. I yeah, it's going to bite me on the ass, but I, I've got a feeling we might get something with Thor because we he keeps bringing in the family. In this episode alone, we heard about Loki's family about three times. He mm. men- he mentions it. He mentions New York. They're going in different places all of the time. Um, before the series even came out, uh, I think the I think a member of the creative team for this, one of the writers, said something about Thor. There, there's been there's been a couple of comments. It's been really quiet about Thor for a long time now, about the direction of Thor and what's going to happen there. Um, uh, you know, I don't... Uh, and it, I would imagine a very, very light touch if it does happen. But I, I could see Thor coming in in some capacity um, because we're looking at, you know, Loki as a character. Where is the future of Loki? Is he an, mm. an enemy? Is he a hero? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so that, uh, Deadpool's a great shout. I also, I think there's going to be a lot more um, with Remslayer. I, f- I feel like there's a lot more there. At all, almost to the point where, a, like, a Kang variant, or a, just because Miss Minutes, she's very involved with Miss Minutes. She what? She was a big character in Series One, but not big enough to like. She's gone for a while, but everybody keeps talking about her. 
you know, and and as we saw from War mm. Cabinet, War Cabinet showed there are far bigger characters. So why why is there a, the reliance on Remslayer and and Ob? I feel like yeah, I feel like there's more to Remslayer. I think he who remains Remslayer had a, a relationship. And there, that's something there going. On. I do. I think you're right. I feel like there's something there between both of those characters, um, later to be revealed. Well, I think there definitely is because I think in season one we were led to believe that obviously uh, Renslade didn't know who was in charge of the TVA or, or running it beyond the the Time Masters because um, she seemed confused when Miss Minutes was like, "Oh, he wants you to read this," and she's like he who and she's like he who remains he didn't seem to know who he was mm. but then obviously in last week's episode we get the reveal of loki listening to a recording between he who remains and renslayer saying that he he's glad that she's on his side and that he's going to be um you know thrilled to lead with her mm. um, in the in, in the war and loki said that the, he heard something in the past i'm not necessarily sure this was in the past because we're in a sort of a time loop situation with the kangs I believe this is a setup for something that's happened in the future that he who remains wants to use Renslayer on his side to find information or find ways of going up against the Avengers and stuff like yeah. that mm. in order to or, or getting information across the timeline to, about other Kangs in order to help defeat them. So we were led to believe that this was a conversation in the past. I'm not convinced it is. Mm. I'm convinced it's something a little bit maybe from the future, but because they're stuck in a time loop, like he wasn't sure where he was. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's definitely more to come between those yeah. two characters, yeah. Um, and, and what we see there. Anything else? Any any final thoughts on the episode, guys? I think it's 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 not. To, I mean, I think it's been a strong start, generally speaking. I think we're gonna get with these final few episodes again. Not many episodes left to to, to <laughs> watch. We're gonna get a lot of story unpacking, um, and I feel like. Well, they've got to. I mean, it's kind of those things they've got to. There's so much we all know as an audience. There's a lot to unpack here and a lot to reveal and, and lead up to. So I'm really hoping that we'll get lots of action, lots of of those answers, lots of theories kind of spoken about and concrete more evidence on what's going to be played out forward. So I'm looking forward to it. It is a good series. Um, it is got to be one of the most, if not the most popular thing that's come out this year. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens next. Yeah, echo all of Matt's thoughts. Can't wait to find out what is going on with OB, the creator mm. of the TVA mm. handbook. Okay, <laughs> i.e., yeah, you're definitely Kang then, right? Uh, you, <laughs> made, you literally made everything that people use on a daily basis. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait for that because I love the character of OB. Um, and um, yeah, I, I hope we get, I suppose, what I hope we get is a ba um, back backstory from Mobius. I really yeah. like the character and I want to find out what is his backstory and it's mm. going to come. Absolutely. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on this week. It's been a fantastic chat. I really enjoyed it. So I really do appreciate you spending time this morning coming on. I know you've got a really busy day ahead of you, <laughs> um, but um, tell everybody at home where we can find your podcast and where we can find your social media. Go on first. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cheeky one. Uh, Don't be a hero podcast uh, on Instagram. Instagram's our normal home. Uh, Don't be a hero podcast on TikTok as well. Find us on Spotify, Amazon, all the usual streaming websites. Um, but thank you so much, Andy. It's been an absolute joy, mate, to be on your podcast. It's been amazing. Oh, I really do appreciate it, guys. Um, definitely go and give these guys a follow. Give the podcast a listen. As you can tell from from today's episode, they've got great energy between them. Um, they have some really good moments, including you know 
I've mentioned it a few times because I just can't help but laugh at it. Um, go and check out the YouTube short of Forrest getting kicked out of the recording because his cat jumped out on the um, on the keyboard. <laughs> um, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, I've become a big fan of these guys over the last uh, over the last month or two listening to their show. So go and give them a listen. I'll be of course back next week reviewing episode three of Loki um, with one of my favourite podcasts uh, guests to have on the show. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. But until next time, everyone take care. <laughs>